Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for over eight years to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. And now we're helping you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Visit the Anxiety Slayer Academy and get your free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and favorite person in the UK, Ananga Sivier. <laughs> we come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we enjoy sharing a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And today we're going to be giving you some support so that you don't have to feel so influenced and overpowered by negative people. Some of the things that we'll cover are setting boundaries, responding with loving kindness, lightening up the conversation, focusing on solutions and not problems, and doing your best to detach yourself from other people's opinions. Welcome back, Ananga. Hi, Shen. It's good to be with you again this week, talking about something really important and something that's come up quite a bit recently with our listeners is how in the world do I protect my energy from negative people? Yes, definitely something we're getting asked a lot at the moment. I think when you're suffering from anxiety, what tends to happen is we're quite ungrounded and we lose our buffer, uh, our boundary between us and the energy of others quite easily. And we can really feel under the influence of other people's energy, moods, and opinions, and influence, and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to have people dump all of their negative energy on you. And not just people, but the media, uh, both the traditional and social media. There's all kinds of negativity getting flung at us at, at any given moment. I remember when I used to work in an office environment, there was a person there that like to come in and camp out in my office and, and spew whatever was bothering him that day. And I would entertain him for a while. And then I would ask him to, uh, to scoot, to move on, that I had stuff that I needed to get to. And uh, it got to a point where I could even tease him about it as, you know, okay, take that energy somewhere else. Right now I'm in Shantyland and it's a happy place. And so you're not welcome here. <laughs> you know, stop, stop it. Uh, so when setting these boundaries, you can, you can give people a container if, if you feel strong enough to, to hold space for somebody who's in that position. But if you don't, it's perfectly okay for you to say, you know, I can see that you're really suffering right now, but I'm not in a place where I can hold space for you, where I can listen right now, because I'm, I'm feeling a little bit fragile myself. You have permission. Uh, the other thing is, sometimes people who are spewing negativity can be funny. There can be some humor there, but when it gets to a place where you're feeling like it's not funny, or maybe you don't find it funny at all, you do not have to receive that information. 
And if somebody's being particularly mean to you, um, if, if they're sharing uh, information or judging you or belittling you, you can stop them. You can absolutely say that this is not acceptable and I'm not going to participate in this conversation with you anymore. Now, I realize this takes courage. Uh, if you're not a direct person, naturally, it does take courage, but setting boundaries is one of the most beautiful ways that you can protect yourself from this kind of energy. It really is. And I think also it takes practice. In my life, it's something I've had to learn and continue to learn. And I like it that you gave an example of a, a conversation that can happen where you, you don't have to really assert yourself, but you can show compassion first and say, look, I understand. Sounds like you're going through a difficult time, but I'm also feeling something at the moment. I think that's really helpful because very often when we're suffering from anxiety, setting boundaries feels scary. It increases anxiety. And I think our notion of boundaries is often very permanent and like a big high fence with a you know barbed wire around the top. It's, it's permanent and it's strong. And, and then we feel like, well, I can't deal with this right now, asking this person to leave my life or shutting this relationship down permanently. And I think one of the things that happens when we're stressed or we're not fully in contact with ourselves is we lose the idea that there's a lot of gray area in relationships and in boundaries. When we think in terms of black and white, it increases stress. But boundaries can be soft, they can be bendy, they can be flexible, or they can be retractable. You can say to somebody, I'm not feeling so good today, let's meet up next week. You can defer. Right, you sure can. So it hasn't got to be that I'm cutting this person out of my life forever. I think with social media, it's so easy for people to block each other, unfriend each other, and then refriend. And it's all very, very stressful. And sometimes that comes over into our notion of our relationships. But how about deferring a meeting? If you're having a day where you feel a little under the weather, your anxiety is feeling strong, and you don't feel up for an encounter that day, we do have the opportunity to defer it. And I would recommend on that day really having a think about how that person is affecting you. Where are you feeling that relationship? in your body, what is it that you're feeling? Not necessarily being lost in thought because anxiety likes to go to thought, but to go to our feelings. What, what's this bringing up in me? What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? To sit with it and breathe with it. Sometimes other people are completely unaware of the effect they're having on us. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's totally subconscious. Sometimes it's subconscious on our part. We just feel awful, drained and tired after we've been with them. But these are things that we need to check in with and review and consider moving things around a little bit. I agree. It just made me think of another story that I could share that that is a, another way of setting boundaries. My teenage daughter sometimes can start piling on at night before she goes to bed, uh, thinking about all of the things that she has to do the next day, or maybe something she forgot that was due, or maybe something that just, you know, she's just spinning out. And usually that's the time when I'm winding down and, and, you know, on my way to the sleepy land and she'll start to wind up. And it's been so talk about practice because I'm her mom. I want to be there. I want to listen. I want to help support whatever I can do. But when there's one thing after the next, after the next, after that, what I found was 
if I, if I let her do that, if I let her dump all of that off of herself onto me, then I would have trouble going to sleep. I would feel anxious. Then I'd be worried about her. And, um, and so when this happened recently, I just said, again, I can, I can see that, that you're stressed. And right now, what I also see is that you're piling on, that you're adding up every single thing that, um, that you have to do and every single thing that's before you that's making you feel worse. But right now I'm going to bed and I, I'm not available for this right now. I'd be happy to talk to you tomorrow after school so we can get things sorted out or whatever. And, um, and she seemed fine with that. Um, I, don't, I don't remember how we separated. I think probably gave her a hug and said goodnight. And of course I went to bed feeling like, oh, should I have been there? You know, <laughs> should I have? And I thought, no, actually that was exactly the right thing to do. And the next day she even confirmed that, hey, I'm really sorry. I was in a, in a place and, and she totally understood that I was not available for that at that moment. And that was a big breakthrough, you know, to have with mm. your, with your teenage daughter for sure. Yeah. So this can happen with coworkers, with family members, with, um, with the media, you know, you can turn off the television, you can step away from the computer, you can have a rest from your, uh, smartphone. You, you don't have to have all of this information coming in at all times, you know, negative, of course, we want to we want to curtail that as much as possible, but just sometimes we need to just stop the information itself. Yeah, and I think that's a great place to start because setting boundaries with television, social media, stuff like that coming in and influencing you, that's easier. That doesn't right. involve an exchange with another human being. So I think always to apply that rule of changing first the things that we can change easily. Start with the easy things. Let's change the things that reduce our load first of all. Get some space. Right. and see what we need to do next. I read uh, just yesterday a funny story about the artist Picasso. Apparently Picasso was notorious for sucking all the energy out of the people around him. And his granddaughter Marina claimed that he squeezed people like one of his tubes of oil paints. Oh. <laughs> people would spend time with him and then go home feeling edgy and exhausted. And he'd go back to his studio and paint all night. Right. There's a joke in the story that there was a Romanian sculptor who from his homeland could spot a vampire easily and he kept well clear of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. If you're going to be around somebody like that, there are things that, that you need to do to protect yourself before you even step into the room. You know, you can visualize yourself being inside a, you know, a protective bubble or a protective container of some sort that you, that you choose. Um, my friend has a process where when she goes out um, just out in the world it's not necessarily because she's dealing with any energy vampires where she pretends like she can um, just kind of zip herself up mm. and protect her energy and then and then go out in the world with uh, with that knowledge uh, and then to limit the amount of time you are around people like that I mean I can imagine that uh, that a lot of people would want to be around Picasso because Picasso is Picasso right <laughs> that's what the article said yeah people yeah. wanted to hang out with him most people were happy to hang out with him and that's the price you paid sure something else to think about as well because very often people will throw advice if you confide that oh this person's draining me they're making me feel uncomfortable and they say well don't speak to them again cut them out of your life divorce them chuck right. them out we can't always do that and sometimes we're not 
comfortable doing that. So then we need to, A, look at the reasons why we're choosing to still be in relationship with that person mm-hmm. and look at our relationship with ourselves. The more we're grounded, the more we're in touch with our own feelings and looking after ourselves, the less we're influenced by others. There's less gaps and cracks for others to get in. When we're feeling some good energy towards ourselves, some self-respect, yeah, some self-love, and some self-care. And there's a great teaching example from one of my favorite Ayurveda teachers, Dr. Vasant Lad. He talks about this. And when people say about relationships where, you know, people have a certain energy that affects you, he tells a story where he says, when you go to the zoo, there are so many lions and tigers there, but you don't get in the cage with them. <laughs> but still, you can send them love. You can yeah. send them compassion. You can appreciate the qualities that they have to admire, but you might not choose to be close to them. And then somebody asked him, well, what if one of the tigers is your mom or your dad or a close friend? So then it's mixed. So you might be going in and out the cage, but right. we can know how to do that in a safe way, how to do yeah. that in a way that protects us, how to sometimes give them attention and how to sometimes step back when they're roaring and think, okay, I'm going to come back to you later. And he gave a really nice example of this. He said, you can't change, which we've heard this so many times, you can't change other people. But he uses the example of that kind of relationships like a bitter melon. If anyone's ever tried bitter melon, it's called Corella. It's a vegetable from India. It's so bitter. It's really good for your liver and digestion, but it's so, so bitter. So he said, you can't change the nature of a bitter melon, but you can add seasoning. So when you eat bitter melon, you put quite a bit of salt on it, some lemon juice. Usually they put a pinch of something hot, some cayenne. And then it's actually quite nice, something I really quite enjoy. So you can't change the nature of bitter melon, but you can add some seasoning. And he said, rather than trying to change others, you can season your relationship with them by just adding some compassion and witnessing what they're projecting without reacting to it. Just watch them and breathe and just see. And very often you'll see what they're projecting is their own fear or their own insecurity. And again, it's up to us to choose how much we feel we should or we need to engage with that. That can move backwards and forwards. That can be a flexible thing and something very much to to think about over time. But by being non-reactive and just watching them and breathing and sending compassion and love, if we can, He said that that will change their energy. And it sure will. And when we come back from break, we'll talk about how you can lighten up the conversation and then also how to focus on solutions and and not problems in a relationship with somebody who tends to like to spill their negative energy. The Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by Health IQ. If you listen to Anxiety Slayer on a regular basis, you know that Ananga and I are very health conscious. We often recommend healthy nutrition, yoga, walking in nature, and an overall fitness plan for your mind, body, and soul. And with our love for health and wellness, we found a US-based life insurance company who rewards their clients with exclusive, special, and lower rates for being mindful and health conscious. Health IQ tells us that they can help you save between 4 and 33% on life insurance because people who are physically active have a much lower risk of heart disease, 
cancer, and diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Health IQ can save you money on life insurance for choosing to live a healthy, conscious lifestyle. We invite you to visit healthiq.com forward slash anxiety slayer to get your free quote and please mention anxiety slayer. That's healthiq.com forward slash anxiety slayer. Before the break, we were talking about that excellent teaching from Dr. Ladd and we're going to move forward and start talking about how we can lighten up the conversation with, uh, with the ener- energy vampires that we often find ourselves in communication with. Yeah, I think it's really very interesting when we look at another with fresh eyes, with childlike curiosity, very often those that we feel are dumping on us and, and draining our energy, we can find something in them that we can appreciate or relate to. I can think of people in my own life who've been consistently draining over the years, but I'm still in relationship with them. And things about them that I really do love and I really do appreciate and things about them that I really sometimes need to give a wide berth. But definitely if we can bring humor in or redirect the conversation to explore something together, watch something together, even changing our physiology, very often when we feel on the receiving end of something heavy and negative, that person will be opposite us. There's one person in my life who points They'll point at you and they'll start. The lecture begins. (laughs) And I find it really helpful to just redirect and stand shoulder to shoulder with them and look out next to them rather than have them look at me and me look at them. So just redirect. Oh, look at that tree. Oh, there's a blackbird up there. Whatever. Just take it out so that you can stand side by side with person looking out at something. Wherever you are, it can be really helpful to just find something to share where the attention goes off you for a minute while you regroup and it completely changes the energy. But as you said, Shan, humor really does break things down. That really, really does help. There have been so many times where I just can't help myself but interject just something that I find hilarious in the midst of something <laughs> like that. Now, I realize you can't do that with everyone, but for instance, if, um, if my husband's had a particularly bad day and he, and he needs to vent or whatever, you know, a lot of this stuff is perfectly healthy. We need to release some of the stuff that we carry around with people that we trust. And if they're available to take it on, great. And if they're not, great. It, it's up to each of us to, to really um, make each other aware that we're available or not. But in, in a case where you're with somebody that you really know and love and like and trust and all of that, you can listen and then you can just really turn the whole conversation on its tail because uh, that's what humor does. And if you know somebody well enough and they know you well enough, you can pull those perfect little pieces from, from somewhere or another and turn it around and get somebody who is completely off their head laughing. And it's, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do to be able to, to lighten things up. And uh, the people who love me do it for me and I do it for them. And it's such a gift. And you're in a position with somebody who, you know, like this person I was telling you about that I used to work with, I would let him do his thing. And then I would, then I would give him a a hard time about it. Like, okay, you know, you feel better now because here, you know, because I'm exhausted (laughs) here, you know, why don't you go have a few rounds in my heavy bag? Because in my old sales office, I had, (laughs) I had a mini trampoline and I had a, 
um, a heavy bag in the corner that the salespeople could could work out on. Um, you know, not like a real workout, but come in and hit the bag a few times if they were frustrated. Sometimes we even had a twister board to keep things light. Right, this guy right. would be going nuts, and I'd be like, okay, uh, you know, basically done now. Why don't you go have some time with the heavy bag? <laughs> yeah, and then just whoosh, time to time to take that somewhere else. Time to shift that energy in yourself. And then if it's somebody who is like you were talking about the, the, the lion who could be a, a family member or, or so, you know, that that's a little bit trickier, but I like that yeah. whole idea of in and out of the cage and knowing when to remove yourself. And if somebody's, if somebody's in a position where humor isn't going to cut it or might not feel appropriate, um, knowing that it's, that it's time to excuse yourself with as much love and kindness as you can possibly muster. Yeah, and I think important to remember when we're in and out of the cage, we don't have to slam the door and make a thing of it. Right. We can very quietly and in, in an act of self-respect or mutual respect, not to rattle their cage, if that's saying in the UK. Sure. Who rattled your cage? Yeah. Don't rattle their cage and don't make a thing for you because then you're going to have to come down from it, particularly if you're suffering from anxiety. It's going to bring your vata, anxious energy up. So to stealthily remove yourself from the cage back out make sure the door's shut behind you and then find a way of leaving it because very often what happens when our energy is low is these interactions are very sticky yeah and it may be a brief thing that happens with that other party but we'll have it stuck on the side of our head all day right and often it's explained in ayurveda that that's when something comes up, comes up against our image of ourselves we get very hurt we really feel that. And so to look at our self-reflection, look after our sense of ourself, where you can get to the point of living that saying where we say, whatever somebody else thinks of me is none of my business. When we feel that, then that stuff just slides off. It's not so sticky. Right. Well, and that really is in alignment with that detachment, detaching from other people's opinions. And uh, it is practice. Because none of us want uh, to be judged, even though we are judged on a regular basis and we judge on a regular basis. Uh, It's not even something that we mean to do. And practicing observing versus judgment and doing all of these things to just say, okay, this person's really in a spot right now. We can either uh, focus on solutions, help them focus on solutions and not the problems, or um, if we are strong enough to let them vent, to let them vent and be done with it, and then maybe inter- interject some humor, uh, and then to just continually remember that it's not about you. Whatever that they're projecting is their stuff. Almost always it's their stuff. And to say, okay, I love myself enough that I'm available for X, Y, and Z, and I'm not available for the rest. And you just practice. Yeah. You can take uh, each interaction that you have and look at it and say, okay, how did I do today here? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, so-and-so was really in this, in this space and uh, I wasn't going to enter that place. I was going to figure out a way to not be a participant in that. Or I'm feeling really strong today. Maybe I can help them. Yeah. I think it's an amazing realization when you come to the point of being okay with not being okay 
and being okay to be with other people who aren't okay. It's, it's a great service to another to be able to sit with somebody else when they're, when they're not feeling okay. And to offer a cup of tea, a hug, a laugh, a walk, sometimes we feel like it's not enough, but it's so much. It's, it's really so much just to be able to hold space, as you always so beautifully describe, Shannon, as you've done for me so many times. I think these are really important considerations. Everything's a relationship. Our relationship with ourselves affects how we're relating to others. It's all relationship. And when we can just get that general anxiety down and have time to just consider and pay attention, we see that these things aren't set in stone. Everything's changing all the time. Everything's changing in life. And we need to be able to be more comfortable with falling off our surfboard and getting wet and clambering back on it again. And this review that you just recommended, some days we're going to do so badly. We're going to go to bed thinking, oh, I'm really tired and I didn't handle that well. And that's okay. That's falling off day. Another day you think, oh, I handled that better today. Great. Today you surfed a wave, but it's always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. The best surfers in the world come off. They get smacked up the side of the head by waves. They end up eating piles of sand. It's how it is. And we need to really be kind to ourselves and just be able to be flexible about learning and moving through it and just try and reduce the black and white, the good and the bad and flow with things. Yeah. The more we invest in our own self-care and healthy sense of ourself, the less we're going to be affected by all of, all of these external influences. Remember that we're human and that we have space to pause and think about how we might choose to respond in situations rather than how we might react to really check in. I know that often we have meetings with people who make us anxious. For instance, um, there was somebody in our Facebook group who has a manager that really makes him feel uncomfortable. And to be able to sit with that and figure out, okay, what is it about this person that's bothering me so much? And where do I feel it in my body? And watch it, breathe with it. And then, of course, tap. EFT tapping can can be used here. If you've got a big meeting, if you've got to see somebody that you have a difficult time being with, family or coworker or boss, you can tap through it before you even see them. And then again afterward. Tapping's really helpful. So you can get the tapping diagram from our website at anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT. You can also go to anxietyslayer.teachable.com and get our free course, which has a guided tapping session, and play with the words. You can use words like, even though I feel this tension in my chest when I'm around X, even though I dread talking to X, they always make me feel anxious, or I always feel so tired afterwards. Whatever's going on when you're checking in with yourself, get those words and use them in a tapping session, and you can really help yourself feel more acceptance and compassion for yourself and for them. Absolutely. Well, Ananga, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I think that this was an important topic. We often can be influenced and overpowered by negative people, but now you have some tools. Now you know how you can move forward in these situations and, and we're here to support you. And again, thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We really appreciate you coming back week after week 
And you're welcome to join us on Facebook and our Facebook page or in our private Facebook group at any time. And again, take advantage of our wonderful Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Get everything you need to start slaying your anxiety today. Visit anxietyslayer.teachable.com to claim our free Anxiety Slayer starter course. You get four guided sessions, including an EFT tapping session, guided breathing practice, and special module on overcoming the fear of anxiety. Claim your free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com.